Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by a guest speaker. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God has used it in your life. If we turn to the book of Psalms, Psalms 96, Psalms 96, and we're going to read uh, verses 1, 2, and 3 there. <coughs> the Bible tells us in Psalms 96, 1, 2, and 3, it says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. Go down to verse number 10. It says, say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world, the world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. But I love the part in verse number three says, declare his glory among the heathen. And folks, that should be our desire today, to declare God's glory among those who do not know. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather here together, the freedoms that we still hold in this nation, Lord, uh, to be able to preach your word and proclaim it. I pray that you calm my heart. pray that you give me wisdom and clarity of thought, that your message may be proclaimed, that you use me this evening to be a blessing to those who are here and to those who are listening live, Lord. We thank you once again for the privilege and the opportunity to share your word, Lord. And in Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. So folks, I want to, to talk about sharing it, or as I titled it, say it, say it. And I want to look at three points here, three points. The first point I want to talk about is who should say it? Who should say it? Who should be talking? And it's crazy to us. We, we usually come to, to the States to try to get away from all the craziness of being on the mission field. We come to the States to relax a little bit and get away from the riots and, and the fact that you don't have toilet paper when you go to the store and all those crazy things. The States was, used to be the haven for us. Now it, it, it's not. And, and uh, but it, in part, it's because people are saying things, and we as Christians are staying quiet. And when we don't say what needs to be said, then there's a problem. Because others don't stop saying what they think or what they feel just because it might be offensive to us. But they expect us to stop saying what we believe and we know is true because it might be offensive to them. But the Bible tells us in Psalms 107, verses 1 and 2, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Let the redeem, those who have been bought back, folks. Do you know if that you are saved, you have been bought back? You say, what do you mean bought back? I thought it was just bought. No, oh, we were God's in in creation, then we went to the world, and then God bought us back and brought us back to his family. And we, as those who were once lost but now are saved, should have a desire, folks, to get out and tell the people and tell those who don't know the truth, tell them the truth. 
And I don't want to get ahead of myself because that's my next point, but I want to make sure we understand who needs to talk, who needs to be saying it is, is those that have been redeemed, those who have been bought by a very high price, which was the blood shed by Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, I've never had the privilege of going to Israel. I hope one day my wife and I can go and to see the place where Jesus was crucified and to see the place where Jesus laid for just a little bit. Because that's not where he's at. He rose again, and he lives forevermore, and he did that to pay for my sins. Man, I just got goosebumps. We should have a desire to tell others what he has done for us. Because he redeemed us. Not only, you could say, the redeemed, let the redeemed say so, but also those who are saved, it's the same thing. But we are saved from hell. We are saved from an eternal damnation. Do we understand? I think, I think as Christians, we sometimes get comfortable and forget. Sometimes there, there are people who have been in church all their life, and they get kind of comfortable. They fall in this routine. Yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I know Christ and what he did for me. And, and he didn't save me from too much on this earth because I was never really bad. And, and it's impressive. Sometimes you talk to somebody who lived a good part of their life in the world and God saved them at a later age. And then they're just gung-ho for God. Because they understand what God saved them from. Man, God, uh, God rescued me from my sins. God rescued me from my chains. God rescued me from my, by my bondage. God rescued me from being an addict. God rescued me. I was, I was living on the streets because I had lost everything <coughs> because of sin. And it's amazing, and it's kind of sad that those who have gone through a lot are the ones that are most thankful. But you know, we who have gone through little should also be very thankful. We should be thankful that God saved us from living all those hardships. We should be grateful that God protected us as his children and said, no, 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 son, I don't want you to be scarred. I don't, trust me, you don't want to have those stories to tell. You know, I, I, I am thankful I can stand here before you and say, I, 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 I've never, I don't know what it is to, to be drunk. I don't know what it is to smoke. I don't know what it is to be high. Uh, but I do know what it is to, to, to wake up the next morning and know exactly how I got there. It's sure a good feeling. It's like, yeah, I know why. And, 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 and I, oh, man, I woke up the other day and I, I had no idea how I got there. That must be kind of scary. I'm thankful I didn't have to go through that. So God saved me from going through all those heartaches and pain. So if you got saved when you were younger and you didn't go through that, still, folks, we must be thankful for what he saved us from. And those of you who know the heartaches of being in sin, well, you know what to be thankful for. You know what, what he, he rescued you from. Folks, uh, those who, who have been rescued, those who have been saved, those who have been redeemed, those who are children of God should want to talk about their heavenly father. The Bible tells us in John 1 verse 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Folks, if we are proud of our fathers, we should want to talk about our fathers. I remember being uh, in the car with uh, Pastor Dennis, his father, and, and uh, Pastor, I just lost his name. 
Scally, and we were, we were driving back to, to take him to the airport, and they were talking about, uh, Pastor Skelly asked uh, Brother Fountain what he had done in the past before he got here, and he started talking, and he kind of jumped a few things, and, and Pastor Dennis like, well, no, no, there's a lot more he did between this and there. You know why he said that? Because he was very proud of all that his father had been able to do for God's work. There was, there was a certain sense of pride. That's my dad. God's used him in a mighty way. He started this church and this church and did this and that. And man, that just, not, not in a haughty way. There, there's, there's certain pride that we can have. Uh, you know, not because I think I'm better than you, but because, man, wow, this is awesome. This is awesome. That, and that's, that's okay. That pride is okay. And he was proud of his father. And it's like, no, no, dad, dad, tell him everything. He's like, I don't have that much time. But he, he wanted him to share all that he had done. Folks, uh, parents, I'm guessing, I hope that some of you are proud or have been at one point or another proud of your children. And when you're proud of your children, you go around telling other people what your children are doing. Or some of you aren't very proud of your kids. Well, I remember my, my mom, she used to have an old flip phone, and this was not very long ago, and it took us forever, mom you need to get like an iPhone or something. It's so much easier. No, no, that's, that's too new. I'm going to get lost. Finally, we convinced her. We got her an iPhone. And uh, I remember a couple of years back, later, we, we came home, and she was talking to us. She's like, son, I'm so excited because I, all these other teachers would be talking about what their kids have accomplished. And they, you know, have these big screens on their iPhones and different phones. And showing all I had was a flip on my iPhone, what you guys are doing. She was proud of what we were doing. She was proud that we were on the mission field and doing God's work, and she wanted to tell others about how God was using us. And folks, <coughs> we should be proud of what God has done for us. We should be proud and thankful for his mercy, for his love. And we should want to tell others. As children of God, we should want to talk about our Heavenly Father. It's sad and actually a little scary when you get around a group of Christians and you talk all day and God doesn't come up in the conversation. You talk about fishing, you talk about sports, you talk about ladies cooking or shopping, but what about God? Or the other way around, the, the men talk about shopping. I don't know how it works. Uh, but, uh, uh, some people like, sh some men like shopping. But, you know, you, it, just, it just depends. But the thing is, when was the last time we got around others and talked about God? If we're proud of him, if we're thankful to him for what he did for us, it should be on our lips. When your favorite team <coughs> wins, finally, a game, you're telling everybody. Even when they, well, we came really close, man. We didn't win, but man, it was just like, but we, we did good. You're still telling people. Your team might have lost, but you're still talking about them. It's kind of crazy. But then we have the one who won the victory, the battle and the war, and we forget to talk about him. Folks, we should want to talk about our Heavenly Father. We should want to talk about the one who rescued us, the one who saved us, the one who redeemed us from what we deserve. Folks, we have... As his children, he will never reject us, abandon, or forsake us. As his own, we are the ones that have the truth. 
the truth that sets men free. Yet sometimes there are others who have lies who speak more than us. I remember one thing that just broke my heart uh, when we took our survey trip. I think it was actually uh, just a trip that I, I went uh, by myself to visit family. And I was asking around, and I, was, I went with a pastor to go hand out tracts. And they said, are, are, you guys, are you guys Jehovah's Witness? We're like, no. He's like, are you guys Mormons? I said, no, we're, we're Baptists. He's like, oh, I've never heard of them. And it broke my heart. Not because they didn't know who the Baptists were, but because if they don't know who we are, they don't know who the true God is. Because if they listen to, to JWs, Jehovah's Witnesses, well, they, there is no real hell. You just fall asleep and that's it. If you listen to the Catholics, you just have to be a good enough person and you'll get in. If you listen to the Mormons, do enough works, and then you can become like God or a God. That's just all weird altogether. Uh, and then if you talk to the evangelicals, which are out there too, well, if you're not good enough, then you'll lose your salvation. So they had been told a bunch of lies because these people, even though they had a lie, wanted to tell others. But we who have the truth had been quiet in that area. Folks, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am redeemed. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am loved. He is good. He is mighty. He is great. And I am thankful. Folks, we should look for a way to talk to people about the Lord. It should be constantly on our lips. And you know why sometimes we don't talk about him a lot? You talk about the things you know about. And sometimes it's hard for us to talk about certain things because we don't know a lot about certain things. And if we don't know a lot about God because we're not studying our Bibles like we should, then it's going to be hard to talk about him. When we don't have an to hear from him, not just with him, when we go to him in prayer, when we read our Bibles seeking to hear from him, not just to say, yeah, pastor, I'm reading so-and-so and here and there. Folks, if we don't have that intimate relationship, it's hard to talk about him. But when you're constantly reading about him and seeing his truths and seeing his grace and seeing his power, they're going to have to tell you to be quiet. They're going to say, okay, okay, enough about the whole God thing. You got anything else you want to talk about? Not really. Not really. Because I love God, just like she loves camp, just like he loves arm wrestling, and he loves food. You want to constantly talk about it because it's dear to you. It's important to you. And folks, that's the same desire that we should have because we have the truth that changes lives. We have the truth that changes minds. We have the truth that changes eternal destinations. We cannot be quiet, folks, because when we are quiet, people do not hear, and when they do not hear, they will not believe, and if they do not believe, they will end up in a real place called hell. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, say so. The Bible tells us we have the truth, we have the light. Matthew 5, verse 14, it says, ye are the light of the world, so shine. What's one way that we shine? By telling others what we know. John 8, 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons. I just I put the wrong verse down there. That's not what I was looking for. But it tells us uh, 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 that we are supposed to be light. And he wants to use us. 
and he wants to shine through us. It's a good thing we don't have to create this light. That's good, because I'm really bad at creating things. We just have to let the, his light reflect through our lives. If we get enough of him in us, he's going to start coming out of us. And we'll have something to say about him. And this is what we need to do. We have the truth. We have the light. And folks, we have the hope. We have the hope. That we have the hope that there is something more to life than this mundane routine. We have the hope that there is something that can help my pain, my suffering, and my heartache. <laughs> and, and that is God. We have the hope that God has gone, or Jesus has gone home to prepare a place for me. <laughs> and that he will come again for us. And that should excite us. That should cause us to want to say something. Folks, when I asked Erica to marry me, and she said yes, after like, for, it, it was an eternity. I said, do you want to marry me? And she's just kind of like, like, hello. And she's like, well, I was thinking and just figuring everything that happened out. But when she finally said yes to me, I said, hold that thought. And I got on my phone, and I called everybody on my contact list. Do you know why? Two reasons. Number one, I was very happy, and I had good news to share. And number two, it's like, you can't take it back. I told everybody it's too late. So that was the other reason. But, uh, but folks, we need to be willing to share with others when we have good news, when we have hope that changes lives. We have the truth. We are the light, or we can be light uh, if we let him shine through us. We cannot be quiet, folks. So now we know who should be saying it. Now let's see what we should be saying. <coughs> Excuse me. In 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse number 18, it says, But as many as received him to... Why do I keep saying that verse? Let me just go here. I had it. It's a good verse. It's a good verse, but it's not what I'm looking for. 1 Thessalonians... It's the blessing of technology. Here we go. First Thessalonians chapter number five, verse number 18 says, "In everything give thanks, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." So what should we be saying? Thanks. Thanks. We should be saying thanks to God in private, and we should be saying thanks to God in public. Not because we're proudful. But how will others know how good God is if we just keep it to ourselves? I remember uh, before we hit the road uh, on deputation, I was working uh, valet parking cars, uh, and God had been really good to us through that. And the last day, uh, man, it was, it was a jackpot of a day. God was really good. And uh, if you made like 100, you were okay. If you made 150, you weren't bad. If you made 200, man, you were doing good. And if you made 300, you were the king uh, of, 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 the, of the parking lot that day. And that day, God provided, uh, I think it was like 305, $306. And man, I was excited. And I shared it with the other guys. He's like, man, what are you doing? You need to stay here. You've had your best day ever, and you're going to leave? I said, yeah, yeah, but... You don't understand, God didn't give this to me to make me want to stay. He gave this to me to, saying, to say, hey, I can provide for you. And they just looked at me like, you're a weirdo. I said, it's okay. I'm thankful for his provision. 
I wasn't saying to everybody like, man, Hector made 305 bucks. No, I was saying because I was thankful for God and what he had done and shown himself mighty in my life. That was not a normal day uh, for me or for most of the guys out there. But we need to be thankful in public and private so others can know what God is doing in our lives. When we have a good day and when God blesses us, tell others about it. When you're having a bad day and you're not sure why, tell others about it, but don't complain about it. Say, hey, man, I'm going through some stuff. I don't really get it, but I know he's in control, and I don't understand it right now, but I'm sure I will later. He has a purpose, and I just hope I, 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 I get what he's trying to teach me pretty soon because it's kind of hard, but I know he's in control. They're just going to be like, what? You're thankful for your trials? Yeah, yeah, because God's in control. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. We just have to be thankful. And we have to say that we're thankful. You know, parents, I'm guessing when your kids say they say thank you to you when you did things for them, it made you want to do more things for them. Wives, when your husband said, hey, hon, I know you didn't have to uh, iron my shirt. You were in a rush, too, but thank you for taking care of that. Like, well, then, I think I'll iron his next shirt, too. But if you never say anything, just take him for granted. They're like, well, she can do it this time. Folks, we should be thankful to the Lord. Let him know that we're grateful for what he's doing for us. It's going to encourage him to keep doing great things for us. And we should tell others so that they too can know that we serve a God who can do great things. In private and public for the good, for the bad, and for the I don't get it situation. How many of you have been through an I don't get it situation? This year has been a big, I don't get it situation. Folks, our plan was to be here for five months, uh, five weeks, five weeks. That was in February. <laughs> we kind of missed the boat there on that one. But you know what? As, as the year has progressed, we're like, you know what? I get it. God, your plan is way better than what I had in, plan, in sword for, for us, for our ministry, for our people. We've seen growth in our people that's like, I couldn't have done that as a pastor down there, but they're, they're just growing. It's, it's, it's the wonders of when you don't have good internet to just stream constant uh, Netflix and Disney Plus and all those things, you have nothing to do but to spend time with your family and read your Bible. It's like, wow, and, and it does great things. And so they're growing. They're, they're growing in God's word. So we need to give thanks to the Lord. We need to talk about him about his greatness, about his power, about his forgiveness, about his love. When was the last time we told somebody about how thankful we were to God for the fact that even though we were sinners, he chose to save us. He chose to rescue us. He chose to use us. Man, I am unworthy to be used of him. I am worthy to be... Be, have, have people call me pastor and look up to me? I'm like, Phew. sometimes I think, what am I doing up here? Say, like they got, he got the wrong guy when he called me. But man, I am thankful that he, despite all my flaws, he chose to use me. We need to tell others. Tell others. Tell others of how good he is. But you know what we're doing a lot of times as Christians? We're talking about, we focus our time speaking about our trials and not our accomplishments. We focus on our defeats instead of our victories. 
We talk about our lacks and wants instead of our haves and provisions from God. We tell others of how bad our day is, but we forget to tell others how wonderful our future will be. Folks, God has done so much for us. If all he would have done for us was saved us from hell, that would have been enough. And that would have been enough for us to be thankful for from here to eternity. That would have been enough for us to be able to talk about him all day long. But he not only saved us and forgave us, he wants to use us. Man, that's awesome. That's neat. We have the truth. Think about how many hardships you've been through and how he's pulled you through. You say, well, I'm still going through a hardship. Well, just think about it this way. If you think it's hard now, think how hard it would be without him by your side. Man, I'm going through some hard times, but I'm sure glad I have an almighty God that's with me. People are going to be like, and it's going to give you an opportunity to tell others. There's a man in our church, well, not our church, he's in the, he's in the capital. This man uh, at the time was, was, it was his wife and his three daughters. Uh, the older were young teenagers and the little one. And I remember they lost their house because of, of some strong rains we had. They, they told them they couldn't continue living there. It was dangerous. And so they were living basically in this, uh, in El Poliedro, which is a, a giant stadium. But the thing is, where they lived wasn't the best area, and several of these slums had been designated as danger zones to live in. So they had taken people from different neighborhoods or different slums and put them all together. Uh, let's just put it in a way you can understand. People from rival gangs in one place. <laughs> it was not a safe place. Uh, stadium bathrooms aren't really equipped for you to, uh, to shower and, and to do what you need to do uh, for a bunch of little girls to go by themselves. It was it a was hard situation, if, if you're getting it. But this man would walk around in this stadium having lost the home that he had worked for, that he had built, living in uncomfortable little quarters with his family, uh, constantly having to worry for their safety. And he'd walk around with a smile. And people would be like, what is wrong with you? You have lost your marbles. He said, no, God's good. So what do you mean God's good? You lost your home and you're living here. He says, yeah, but God's in control. What? And, and, and God saved us and, and he saved us from, from hell and he's doing something and I don't know why or I don't know what's going on, but he has us here for a reason. You know that man brought people to church that were in that refuge? People that he wouldn't have met had all this not happened? People that he was able to reach because he decided, despite my hardship, I understand that God is in control. In control and instead of talking, <coughs> excuse me, instead of talking about the bad, I'm going to talk about the good. Folks, when we quit talking about the bad and talk about the good, we can impact. We can impact the world for God. I remember going and standing in line for hours, and I mean for hours, and it wasn't like a Black Friday, so people camped at night to get the best deals. It was you just camp at night hoping to get what might be in the grocery store that day. 
not knowing if what you were looking for was going to arrive or not. That's how we did shopping for a while in South America. But I remember being in line for hours. I realized that, you know what? People aren't going to get out of line because they don't like what I'm saying. Sometimes you go to doors and people shut the door or, you know, run you off. When you're in line waiting for food and somebody starts talking about what you, they're, they're not going to go anywhere. They might look at you ugly. They might look at you weird. But they're not going to move from that line that they've been standing in for hours hoping they're going to get something. So it made for pretty good preaching opportunities. And I loved going to the line. Because I'd be, the, the thing about our people is they are warm. They are, they are friendly. You can strike up a conversation with just about anybody about anything. And by the time you get out of that line, you've exchanged phone numbers, your best of friends. Hey, call me next time you find something. Yeah. And it's, it's that kind of people. It's awesome. <coughs> my, my wife tried it one time when she went to Walmart. And she, she's like, hey, where'd you get it? Just gave her an ugly look. I said, honey, we're, we're not at home. We can't do that here in the States. They're not as friendly here. But uh, that's just how our people are, just friendly and warm. So we can start conversations. So we did that. We used that. We'd go to the line. And I'd just start handing out tracks and start talking to people. And when someone kind of started listening, I'd speak to them, but I'd turn my volume as high as I could. To all those who had rejected me, he said, no, no, I don't want to hear it, but at least received it. They're going to hear it anyways because they weren't moving. They weren't going anywhere. <laughs> but it's great. It's great, folks. We need to talk about the good things. Are you going to talk to us about the government? No. I'm going to talk to you about something better. I remember giving out, giving out tracts, and they think it was the number because sometimes uh, the, somebody from the store would go out and give you a number, and that number guaranteed that you'd be able to shop. So I'd start handing out tracts, and people are like, oh, he's giving out numbers. I want one. I want one. I'm like, yeah, come on. I'll give them to you. And, uh, and they're like, oh, what is this? It's something better than bread. It's something better than oil. It's something better than butter. It's something that can help you for all eternity. It's God's word, and it can save you. Some people would listen. Some people would, like, he's a weirdo. But, folks, we need to make the best of the times that we have, and we need to share God's word. In the midst of the heartaches, we need to share God's word. Folks, you know why our people are so receptive to the word right now? Because they're in a hopeless state. They're in a hopeless state. And they're looking for something. And we have the truth. We have the light. We have hope. And we get to give it to them. That should excite us. And folks, you here in Moses Lake have the light, have the truth, have the hope. And people may not understand how much they need it, but they need it. And it is our responsibility, our duty, our privilege to go out to them and share it with them and show it to them, even though they might not want it at the time. Folks, parents, how many parents here? When your kids were sick and they didn't want to take the medicine, how many of you said, oh, okay, son, that's okay. If you don't want it, you don't have to take it. You said, I don't care if you want it or not. You're going to take it because you need it, right? Something like that, right? Well, folks, why is it then if we have the cure to the worst disease, worse than corona, uh, it's sin, why do we say, oh, well, you don't want it? Okay. Well, folks, we need to go out and share it. I'm not saying shove it down their throats, but go out and give them a track. Go out and 
put a door hanger on their door. Go out and look for a way to start up a conversation and just tell them how good God is. Every time you talk to someone, you don't have to give them the plan of salvation. But every time we talk to someone, we should let them know how good God is. How sweet his love feels. How his forgiveness, man, is just beyond compare. We should want to share it. We should want to tell others. Don't focus on the bad. Don't focus on the don't have, but focus on what God is doing. How God has provided. We all have a story to tell. Each story is unique, special, and important. Well, I didn't go through that, so, you know, I don't really have a lot to, no, no. What you've been through is what you needed to go through to reach a certain someone. Pastor, Brother Fountain has been through some things, and he can talk to people in a way that I can't talk to them. He can go to a hospital and share the gospel with somebody who has cancer, somebody who's depressed, somebody who feels like they have no hope, and they'd say, you don't know what it's like. You're right, I have no idea. I have no idea. I can share with you God's word that can help you, but he can say, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to think I have no hope. <coughs> I know what it's like to say, man, I can't do this on my own. And then reading the Bible and, and learning truths and encouraging myself in the Lord and, man, this is what's helped me. Maybe it'll help you. That's his story. That's his story. Maybe you went through, through a rough situation as a, as a teen, as a child, and you're like, God, if you loved me so much, if you cared for me so much, why did you allow me to, to, go, through, to go through that? At the time, it may not make sense, but many years later, it's like, maybe it was for this. Maybe it was for that. I know of people who have gone through some things and then been able to share it at a camp, and, and young ladies go up to her and say, I thought I was the only one. But your testimony of love, your testimony of forgiveness has spoken to my life and has encouraged me to help me to go forward, has encouraged me to, to, to work on forgiving that person that, that hurt me, to work on laying it aside and saying, God, even though uh, this has happened, I know you can still use me and giving it over to God. That's a story only you can tell. Each one is unique. Each one is special. Each one has a purpose. I remember hearing a story. I don't know if you remember the Benefields uh, to Cambodia. And one of the missions conferences, kids got up and just cute little girls. And they I forget, my, my hands are, are for God's work. My mouth are for God's work. It was a cute little song, and it was just adorable. And we had the privilege of working with this brother back at Westgate in Tampa, Florida. And I remember when he came in and told us, hey, uh, my brother's uh, youngest daughter passed away. She was like five or something. I'm like, what? And it wasn't she had some horrible disease that they couldn't cure. It was just she had something common, but where they were in the world, they just couldn't help her. Most of us would have been, you know what, God, forget this. I came all the way across the world to do your will, and then you take my child? Really? But I'm not saying they didn't go through some hard times because I know they did, but the fact of the matter is they stuck it through. They stayed there. And year later, 
years later, the story is that he had a man who was coming to the church. He would always come in with his wife. His wife was happy. He was just mad. And he'd always try to catch him after service, but man, he would hit that door. Just go for it, and you'd never be able to catch him. And this time, he decided he was going to have somebody else pray for him to close the service, and he was going to catch him at the door. And he got him. And he started talking, hey, I'm so glad you're here. We've noticed you've been coming for a while. But I, I noticed you seem kind of, kind of upset. Have I upset you in any way? And the guy's like, no, I'm just mad at God. He said, well, well tell me about it. Why are you mad at God? He said, because he took my son. Years ago, he took my son. He's dead now. God took him, and I'm mad at him. And the missionary said, you know what? Man, I am so sorry for that. But let me tell you something. I know how you feel. The guy's like, what do you mean? You, know, you don't know how I feel. You know what it is to lose a child. And he said, no, actually, I do. I lost my baby girl. God took her to be with the Lord, and I don't know exactly why. I didn't care for it. It left a, a void in our lives. It still hurts. But uh, it was his choice. So I know, I, know, I know the pain you feel. But you know what? I know somebody else who knows what it feels like to lose a son. It's like, who? God. He lost his son when he sent him to earth to die on the cross to pay for your sins and mine. And he began to share with them and share the plan of salvation that day and just left it at that. And the guy came back later on and eventually got saved. But you know what? The fact that the missionary said, I've been there. I know what you're going through. Just brought the walls down on that man's heart and allowed for God's word to come in. So folks, <laughs> it's not just by chance. I'm saying each one of us have a unique story, a special story and an important story to tell. Each one have, have a certain person that we're supposed to reach. But if we, the redeemed, don't say so, that person may not hear. Pastor has a lot of knowledge, but he doesn't have the experience in a certain something that you have that can break down that wall. And if we just say, oh, the pastor will do it, the staff will do it, his wife, their wives will do it, then somebody might not hear, folks. It's not just their responsibility. It's our responsibility. It's our privilege. It's our privilege to go out and share God's word. To share how we've been redeemed, how we've been saved, who we were, where we were going, and what God saved us from. I've heard people say, you know what? If it hadn't been for God and God's message, I'd be dead. If it hadn't been for God and his church and the, and the work, I'd be in jail. If it hadn't been for this or for that, man, my family would be a mess. And God, you can tell them how God redeemed you, how God restored your marriage, how God restored your family and your friendships because you allowed him to work in you. And we can share that story. We can share with others how he rescued us from alcoholism or, or, or drugs or different things. And I, I was watching a, a video and it was, I, don't, I have no idea what the song was. I just got a clip of it. But it was uh, during the song, uh, it was talking about what God can do. And people stood up and they had a little poster. And on the poster said, you know, I was a drug addict. And then he flips it. Now I'm a pastor. Wow. But you know what? He let God use him and share that 
and shared that. And somebody's going to listen and say, I, I can listen to him. He, he's been through what I've been through. He's been through what I've been through. Tell him how he rescued you from sin, from, from death. Folks, you don't have to know all of the Bible, but you can at least know your story and what he did for you. And we should be willing to share that with others. Folks, so who should say? Us. His children should be talking about our father. We should be thankful for what he's done for us. We should be thankful for what he's doing in our church. We should be thankful for what he's doing in our family. And we should want to share with others, folks. We should want to share with others. Have that desire, that passion to let him know what he's done for us. And lastly, to whom should we say it to? Well, we said it at, at the beginning, going to Psalms. Uh, Psalms 105, verses 1 through 5 says, Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Among the people. Folks, we need to tell the people. The unsaved, our co-workers, our fellow classmates, our neighbors, our friends. It sometimes surprises me how quick we are to run across the street and bang at our neighbor's door if their house was ever on fire. But just to go share God's message and invite them to church, we're like, uh, I don't really like those neighbors. They're a pain. They always park and block me, and their tree always, oh, in the fall, it's just a mess. Really, God, you want me to talk to them? We tell them if their house was on fire, but their soul is going to be in an eternal fire, and we don't want to share with them. We say, oh, no, I'll tell my worker tomorrow. And some of us now don't have those same coworkers that we did back a few months ago. We might have missed out on an opportunity that God had for us. I remember when I was younger and I was like, God moved me from one place to another. People were like, are you an army brat? I'm like, no, my mom's just a teacher and she figured she'd get a job anywhere so she liked moving. And so, but I remember when I was older, I'm like thinking, all those friends I had when I was younger and I didn't tell them about God. Their blood's going to be on my hands. That's what the Bible tells us. Their blood will be on our hands if we do not tell them about the danger that they are in. It just kind of blows my mind. It's like, oh, wow, that's not good. So when I get a chance, I try to tell people. I remember one time we went to help out a, one of the national pastors, and he was in a region where an old family friend was. I had seen him when I was five. I was now about 28. I called around. I got an idea of where they were, found them, knocked on their door, came in, and started talking to them. And I told the two college students that were with me, I said, I said, just pray, because we're going to look to talk about God here. And I remember that we'd start up a conversation, just started talking to him, and they're like, what are you doing here? Well, God's called me to preach God's word, and that's why my wife and I are here, and we left the comforts of the States because we want people to understand that there's sinners on their way to hell. And only through putting our faith in Jesus Christ, we can have salvation. And they quickly try to turn the conversation. Hey, well, how's your mom? She's doing good. She's doing good. She's in church. And uh, thankfully, she knows that she was a sinner on her way to hell. And, and uh, she asked Jesus Christ to forgive her. And, uh, and she's excited that, that my wife and I are missionaries. And they <coughs> change the conversation again. It's like, well, how's your grandma? Well, 
Grandma passed away, but we're thankful we're going to see her up in heaven. Because she was, uh, because I was in her on her way to hell and asked Jesus Christ. Man, they had nowhere to go. I was just shooting with all barrels uh, because I was like, I don't know when I'm going to get another chance to be with them. And we walked out of there. Those Bible college students were just cracking up. They're like, brother, you didn't give them a chance. I said, I, I couldn't because I don't know when I was going to get another chance to talk to them. And I, I didn't want their blood to be on my hand. And I'm like, I'm going to give it all I got here. And now it's just on their court. It's, it's their choice now. But it won't be because I didn't do my job. Are you following me, folks? We have to stop wasting opportunities to tell others how good God is to us. Because when we don't tell them, they don't get to believe. And if they don't believe, they miss out on eternity. This is not a game. It's not like, oh, you did it great. You did it. Oh, it's okay. You'll get it next time. There might not be a next time, folks. This is a serious thing we're involved in. Folks, if it wasn't serious, my wife and I would not still be there in this place. <laughs> we like adrenaline, but sometimes it's just a little more than we can handle. But the reason why we stay is because we know God has a plan for us and has a people for us to reach. And so we stay. We need to tell the unsaved. We not only need to tell the unsaved, we need to tell our family, folks. And I'm talking about our immediate family. We expect our kids to love God and be excited about God, but we don't tell them how good God is. Sometimes all we do is complain about church and all this and all that. Oh, we don't have this again because we had to give to another missionary. We expect our kids to turn out great and loving God. Folks, why don't we tell how, how exciting it is to be a part of a church plant? Man, that's exciting. Be like, hey, kids, we get to give so other kids in other cities and other towns can hear what you know and that they can go to heaven. Do you want to be involved in it? Because I'm going to be involved in it. Be the example and share with our family how good God is. Share uh, with those who, uh, uh, not our immediate family, but the rest of our family. Man, it's like World War III every time I tell my family uh, about God. So I, I learned there's, there's ways to do it, folks. Next time they ask you, hey, how's it going? Do it this way. It's going great. Just the other day, we had a youth rally at our church, and kids came, and they had fun, and they had games, but they heard God's word, and several of them realized that they were sinners on their way to hell, and they realized that they couldn't go to heaven by their works or by their tradition, and it was only what Jesus did for them on the cross that could save them. And they realized this, and they asked Jesus Christ to save them, and now they know they're on their way to heaven and not hell. Man, my day was great. You know what you just did? You just preached to them the gospel that they didn't want to hear. It works. We've been doing it for the past like 10 years, my wife and I, with our, with our family who don't want to hear, but they still get to hear. Folks, who should have a desire to tell our family, to tell those around us? Talk to your church members about how good God is. You know what? The purpose of pastor asking where you're reading isn't just to know where you're reading. It's, he's hoping to cause conversation among you. Man, I read this and it was good. Oh, yeah, well, I read this and it was really good. And you can encourage each other. Be a help one to another because we're talking about God. We should have a desire to tell others about the Lord. But maybe the reason why you have a hard time telling others about the Lord is because you're not part of the redeemed. You're not part of the saved, the forgiven. And maybe today will be the day that you realize who you are, what you deserve, and what he has offered you. If you don't know him, I encourage you to know him today. And if you do know him, I encourage you to talk 
about him today. And if you are, great. I want to encourage you to keep on doing it. Never stop because his mercies are great every day. His goodness is great every day. His love and his forgiveness is great every day. And we should want to share about him and talk about him every day. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.